Hello and welcome to Comedy in a Nutshell. In this podcast, I talk to the finest quality people from in and around comedy, and most especially comedians, who talk about starting out, what they've achieved, and importantly, what comedy means to them. Sometimes we reveal glory, sometimes we reveal tears, and sometimes we merely reveal crippling inadequacies in sound quality. I love talking to people in and around the comedy world about comedy, and if you'd like to hear what they have to say as much as I do, then please remember to like, subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. This is the first episode I've recorded face-to-face on location. We're in a South London cafe, familiar to my guest, who is an award-winning stand-up comedian, boasting multiple sell-out runs at the Edinburgh Fringe. She's also a mental health ambassador and frequently talks about her own mental health experiences in her act. It's stand-up comedian Juliet Burton. How did comedy come into your life? Comedy came into my life um, in lots of different ways. Um, When I was a child, I... uh, used to watch Sesame Street and uh, got obsessed with uh, the Muppets when I was a little bit older Um, and I uh, used comedy as an escapism through watching uh, the Muppet movie, the 1979 version, a lot. I also watched loads of different... uh, comic inspired um comic book inspired tv series and comic books which always have humor in them um and uh in my teenage years i used comedy as an escapism um it watching monty python um getting obsessed with them it was a way of finding my sense of self um it wasn't introduced to me my um my upbringing wasn't really theatrical or comedy based but um it was a way of me finding light in the darkness. There was a lot of other things going on um, that weren't very funny or happy. And um, therefore, perhaps my obsession with comedy was born out of um, a place of uh, surviving. So um, when I was in and out of hospital due to mental illnesses, um, I would uh, gravitate towards watching comedy and... um, I think that was my mind's way of of trying to find uh, a, a way of balancing um, my experiences. Then, um, when I was in, uh, so I've, we'll probably come on to my mental health uh, experiences. But um, being in and out of hospital um, meant that I fell out of education. Um, I loved drama at school. Um, loved performing from a really early age. Um, I now realise that was a part of the mental health uh, coping mechanisms as well. Um, But being able to persuade and um, direct and guide a a group of people um, was something that I loved doing from a really early age. Um, And the mastery of being able to be on stage and be a conduit for that energy in that room um, and being able to hear that laughter, that lovely tension release of a group of people is just one of the most beautiful sounds um, and harnessing that energy and uh, storytelling. It's all storytelling. Um, When I was uh, in my 20s, my early 20s, um, I'd already fallen out of education um, due to hospitalization, not being allowed to go back to different schools because of um, uh, my mental health experiences. Eventually, I started studying journalism. Um, We don't need any A-levels to do that, apparently. If you write a decent enough um, uh, written um, uh, statement, personal statement. Um, Journalism led me to uh, radio work, which led me to voiceover work, which led me to acting. I still do voiceover and acting. Um, Acting led me to realize that I was getting cast as the love interest and the sex interest, and I didn't really have a personality or a voice in any of the roles that I was being cast as, and that pissed me right off. Uh, So I started writing my own stuff, which very quickly led me to comedy. And um, then it took off. And uh, I think that in terms of the mental health and comedy, there's a bit of a segue in that, um, well, firstly, today is World Mental Health Day. Happy World Mental Health Day. Every day in my world is Mental Health Day. Um, But when I was telling my friends about my mental health experiences, I quickly realized that the darker the experience, the more necessary it was to laugh. Um, so if I was able to find a way to present to people that I just met and wanted to share these experiences with, yeah. um, if I were able to tell it in a, in a fashion that uh, involved informed, accountable um, joviality, 
then it would put them at ease. It would break the tension. It would reassure them that I'm currently in a safe space. Yeah. Comedy uh, has that amazing strength to it that means that um, you need some sincerity, some um, knowledge. You need that lived experience. Um, you need to be very clear about the boundaries of the joke, of where, what is the butt of the joke? Where is the joke coming from? What perspective? How in, how informed is the perspective? Um who are you trying to belittle? Because comedy has power. That yeah. laughter will break down the big bad boss of the joke. Mm -hmm. And whether that's a societal construct or a particular individual or yourself, your own ego um, or something else, um, there's always something that we're fighting against in a joke, however short form it is. Even if it's just a silly one-liner, there's going to be a butt of, a butt of the joke. Um, <laughs> And I love that. I just love the the intricacies, the, the details in the storytelling of something that seems so simple. Mm. Um, but yeah. it's it's such a a deft deft way of communicating with people, yeah. um, changing their perspective in the most subtle um, and skillful ways when it goes right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it goes wrong it's abhorrent and awful and just it's so. interesting there that you mentioned the the release of performing and getting uh, performing comedy and you get a release from the response normally when i speak to comedians i ask them about going on stage and the, 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 they say about you know, how nerve-wracking it is do you still experience it that way or are you are you eager for the, the release both it does it's not a dichotomy um very much both um in depending on where i'm coming from that day not necessarily geographically but energetically mentally um that's why the level of self-awareness is so key is what am i bringing to this conversation because it's always a conversation with the audience um the uh the theatrics of the space as well like how high is the stage what am i wearing what visual cues am i giving how am i holding myself how am i breathing um let alone the actual material um what's happened in the news that day what's the weather like what's the um what's the situation in the room what's my lineup on where we're billing on the lineup um who what's the last comedian been like what's the mc been like what's what's the um Especially, particularly, um, how am I going to um, respond to those different energies in the room? And ideally, when you get to a certain stage, it's not just I'm going to go on stage and say exactly the same thing that I plan to say um, every single time. The bit that I, I'm still, I I'm hope I never stop learning um, is how to uh, skillfully, <laughs> skillfully, um, adjust and respond on stage and have the confidence to do that um yeah. the self-assurance um again having addressed anything i need to address in my within myself before i got on stage yeah. um and then having fun it's all about play if you've got we've got to be able to be playful on stage and play with the audience know what your persona is like what is it that people are going to assume about you before you start speaking how can you quickly adjust that or play it in your favor as well right and you've had so many uh, diagnoses, and you talk about them in your act. Do you find the audiences react? Because I know very little about mental health, having not been in that position. Do you find audiences will be more delicate, let's say? I, I don't know. What's well, I would, I would challenge you firstly in that okay. I think you do know about mental health because we all have mental health, okay. just like we all have physical health. Uh, you have a physical body you have a mind <laughs> uh, you do <laughs> listeners i know that you're you can't see either of us right now but i can assure you that there is a physical body in front of me of the lovely person that is mark um and uh yeah you have that the health of that physical entity you have the health of your mental awareness yes. so we all have mental health just like we all have physical health some of us might develop a short-term mental health condition with the proper treatment and proper medication or either both or or um, you might hopefully have a full recovery from that some of us might develop a long-term mental health condition or even a lifelong mental health condition just like some of us might develop a lifelong physical health condition that we learn how to manage yeah. and um that's for me part of what i've i live with yeah. um but there's so many of us that have 
mental illnesses that are diagnosed or undiagnosed. Um, there's every single one of us on the planet has good mental health days and bad mental health days. That's just the way that life is. So you know more about mental health than you might think you do. Um, you might not know about the law about mental illness. You might not know about the specific diagnosis criteria or what it takes to be sectioned under the Mental Health Act. FYI, it's the legal phrase, um, you're deemed uh, to be a, um, a danger unto yourself or others. That's the key phrase. And you have to have three doctors... No, three people who know about it's five people is it's either two doctors medically trained people and three people who know you or two people who know you and three medical professionals one of the two okay one of the do i'm not a doctor but someone out there will be able to tell you okay. um the key thing with all of it is that if you don't know something and you want to know it you can ask questions but the original question that you asked was yes mental health and my audiences and how they respond to it so yeah i am um, i have had a number of a range of different responses um it again much like with the previous discussion yes. it depends on where we are in the world um what the demographic is like what lived experience those people are coming to the show with mm -hmm. um it depends it depends on a number of different factors yeah. um and i first started performing comedy over 10 years ago and in the space of those 10 years, we've come so far as a society um, in understanding and accepting mental illness. And about 10 years ago, I was saying when I was, you know, flyering up in Edinburgh and um, trying to sell out, um, which we did do four years in a row, which was awesome. Yes. Um, I would say things like comedy has the power to break down barriers and increase understanding. Um, if you're laughing, then you feel less alone. And, um, and I don't want anyone to feel alone because I know the repercussions of what it feels like to feel completely isolated in this universe. There is that. We have had that for a while. Mm -hmm. I now live in London and in the capital, there is a very different response to my material um, than there might be in when I perform in Wales in certain specific parts of Wales yeah. or at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival that's going to be different to me performing in Preston or me performing in Nottingham is going to be different to me performing in Birmingham it and there's no judgment or comparison it's just I it's my my privilege to be able to listen to the nuances the differences between different communities um, and what they're they're bringing and I love it when I'm surprised and I have no idea what to expect of that audience. There's certain material I have about my mental health experience that I've kind of, you know, I know it's my best bits. I've I've performed it enough times around the country in in Australia and New Zealand and that that material I'm fairly, I'm confident that people are going to get it as it's yeah. a hit rate is high. It's a higher probability that there's going to be decent laughs. People are going to respond well to it especially things like the my material about the stigma because yeah. the butt of the joke there is look at this stupid thing this stupid person said <laughs> except they're not stupid they're just ignorant right. but let's let's laugh at the ignorance that is still out there and it's my job to find your way into understanding why that ignorant comment is ignorant right. for example let's say one of my jokes is um uh I've been told, I've had people come up to me and say, oh, you can't be ill, you don't look ill. Well, you don't look rude, but here we are. Yeah. Now, that's the beautiful, the beauty in that joke is that it points out the idiocy and assumptions in making any assumptions. So it's not specifically saying this specific person was an idiot for saying that. It's, isn't it silly that us as humans make those snap decisions yeah. about each other? So um, more recently, I've been... You know, I've been hungry. I've got this insatiable appetite. I've got a number of different insatiable appetites. I have a history of eating disorders. Um, and also very active on Hinge. Um, but I I have this appetite for knowledge, for, um, for also pushing my creativity forward. I have to keep learning, consuming, expressing, creating. Yeah. Otherwise my energy just gets really dense and I and I, I become ill <laughs> um, mentally I think so I need to keep keep learning and creating and expressing yes. um, when it comes to my comedy that's 
that's wonderful but it means i want to keep pushing the conversation forward like we're so aware of mental health now i feel like even in the places that i go and there's they're not sure whether to laugh or not about me being sectioned <laughs> in with the jokes whereas you know other communities are like they're fully with me they're like great let's laugh at it. like of course we accept this let's move on yeah. um it's the the difference is that i i want to start moving the conversation forward beyond awareness even in, in no matter what community i'm performing in people are at least aware of this perception of mental health conditions mm. yes. maybe they are still in a, a community where it's perceived as shameful to to have a mental illness right. and that that's my role is to hopefully uh move that conversation forward for them and be a figurehead in some way that uh can at least op open up that conversation a little bit i hope um but there's other conversations to be had yeah. such as the lack of mental health services yeah. the fact that um, neuroscience uh, is so it, it's it is the reason why we have mental health conditions so let's let's arm ourselves with more knowledge and more tools to understand how our brains work how our uh, physical bodies work how our automatic nervous systems work how we can um be more adept to understanding um trauma um although trauma is being blamed left right and center for things that are just not trauma related right now um we have a lot of tools out there at our disposal yeah. um attachment disorder is something that's being talked about a lot and there's this consumption of it that i'm observing in uh social media as well as in my desire to my own personal desire to uh, create work around these conversations um it's really important that we're also aware that we're not commercializing or cap capitalizing this um as a hashtag or a box ticking or a um yeah the commercialization of it i i'm, I'm concerned about yeah. um sorry I'm, I'm 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 darting around all over the place because there's so much to, to discuss um but i would say that um the the latest work that I've been writing has been trying to talk about the more the the, the boundaries that I think that are we we currently need to discuss to move the conversation forward around mental health. Um, so I've had therapists come up to me after my shows recently saying, "Thank you so much. I've been trying to teach my um, clients about attachment theory or about polyvagal theory, um, and now I've I've heard you talk about it, and I'm laughing." Yeah. I want all my clients to come and see these shows so that we can have that common ground of understanding so that we can move forward. And I, I love that. I want it to keep moving forward in that way where yeah. we're not, we've, we've normalized the conversation. Well, I feel like we have worked very hard in the last 10 years to normalize talking about being diagnosed with a mental illness. Right. Great. That's wonderful. Now, can we please either be given the funding, ideally both, the funding for proper restructuring of services? And can we also be talking about uh, the latest developments um, in understanding how to treat ourselves? <laughs> I'm going, I've been monologuing at you for a very long time about a number of different subjects. Oh, absolutely. Well, tell me then about your uh, ambassadorship organization you're representing who are they what do they do what do you do for them i'm an ambassador for the mental health charity rethink mental illness um they are a sister charity to the charity mind um i was asked um a few years ago i think 2015 maybe 20 yeah 2015 to be an ambassador for them um they as a charity um firstly are fantastic people everyone i've ever met who's worked there they are passionate um they uh, have lived experience um, in terms of different charities there's a myriad of different charities out there for different mental illnesses um, specific illnesses um, and different aspects of the mental health field rethink they kind of package themselves as um, being about legislation and also about the more acute those who experience the more acute and that's language is clunky um, I don't like the term acute but it's hard to explain otherwise people who might have been sectioned for example um, and people who might experience the kinds of mental illness and il mental illness experiences that could ostracize them from society um, that's my phrase not theirs 
um, just to just in case uh, I've got that slightly wrong. Um, the way that I perceive it is that they they aren't afraid to talk about the things that some other um, charities don't address as directly. So their role is to uh, hold space for those more extreme. I don't like the word extreme because it's not extreme for me. Um, it's just um, perhaps slightly more rare. Okay. I think that those more extreme, the more extreme, this is thinking back to um, comedy again, the more extreme the experience, um, the greater the expansion of consciousness, the greater the learning with proper reflection and proper support. Um, with comedy, as with mental illness, both of them tread the boundaries between what's access- acceptable in society and what's unacceptable in society. Um, classic mythology figures um, like the gods of mischief, um, like Loki or um, uh, Pan or um, anyone, a puck even, um, any of them that are going to tread the tread the boundaries between, like they, they, their border control um, between what figureheads and archetypes in society are completely accepted and a part of the system, part of the structure, and what lies beyond that. Um, and that's where the laughter comes, is the tension, is where where are we falling on that line? Where does it fall? Similarly with mental illness and perhaps something like being sectioned under the Mental Health Act or having hallucinations like I have experienced in the past, um, those things tend to be feared much like with many other disabilities or physical um, disabilities, uh, they're feared because they uh, confront our very notion of what it means to be human, what it means to be sane, what it means to be alive. Um, So someone talking about, I've had hallucinations, I've seen these things that no one else can see or hear, it brings up a visceral response of fear in people because they don't understand it much like they might not understand somebody who has a physical condition that is different to theirs. It's a different perspective, a different physical perspective. Um, but much like we're sitting here and I'm staring at a wall behind you right now and you can't see that wall, does that mean that wall doesn't exist? Just because I can see it and you can't? And behind me right now is some stuff that I can't see, but it doesn't mean that I... You can see it right now. Does I mean, I could explain to you what it's like, that wall behind you. Yes just like somebody who has a physical health condition might be able to explain to you, this is my perspective of my experience of the world. Yeah. Um, it's perhaps fearful when you're kind of confronted with that, like, hang on, let's question these things. But only yeah. through questioning and exploring those boundaries are we going to strengthen um, our collective understanding of what it means to be human. Yeah. And comedy does that without it being as... Um, <laughs> Without, with with a lot of play and a lot of laughter rather than the way that I'm explaining it to you right now which perhaps is a little bit more um, weighty uh, for some people <laughs> using puns that are all to do with my mental health but eating disorder experience as well I've been a size 4 and a size 20 due to eating disorders I've experienced being in this world in very many different physical forms yeah, um, uh, yeah I'm aware that the way that we're perceived can vary dramatically yeah well, let, let me ask you then about something I often ask, um, which is the on-stage persona. How, how much of that is you? Is that a mask that you wear? Are you the same person when you go on stage as when you're talking to me today? No, I'm not the same, because I can never be the same person. Um, that's why I like rivers so much, because you can never step into the same river twice. I'm never the same person twice. So me right now talking to you, I'm not going to be the same me later on today. Um, in terms of how I present on stage, um, we all wear masks. Okay. Uh, we all have different facets of ourselves that we present to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of being a performer is to be aware of that and to harness it mm-hmm. um, and to channel it. I mentioned earlier about the non-verbal cues. So I, I very much have a costume that I will wear there's clothing choices and makeup choices that I uh, purposefully um, harness on stage so that I can step into that I'm going to say other but it's not removed from me it's me it's just coming in the same from the same source but channeled in a different direction Um, so a bit like uh, 
if you imagine kind of like a starburst kind of like there's lots of energy in the middle there's lots of light in the middle um you've got different fronds going out different um spikes going out and uh if i'm on stage then it's a way for me to harness that energy pushing it in one particular direction and a part of that will be very bright colors um, in my uh, outfit choices um probably a slogan t-shirt love me a slogan yeah. t-shirt um probably a lot of glitter um sometimes uh, more sometimes less but always some sort of glitter yeah. um whether that's in t- uh, sequin form or in uh, my makeup um a bit bowie-esque um very much the bowie colors jewel colors and um um glitter and sparkles um it's partly to let the audience know yeah i'm a bit of a what's the word well it's it's using some I want to say clowning because people will understand what I mean by that. Like the clowns wear makeup to as a mask, but a mask only gives us permission to look behind the mask and with more honesty. I might walk around with no makeup on today, and there it's giving me a different way of being without a mask. I want to be authentic at all times, um, but being able to step into um, the strength that it takes to handle being on stage a little bit of armor is necessary um and that armor is a way of me being able to be more authentic with the audience um to have the strength to harness that energy of all of them and give myself permission to let them know i've got this i'm strong enough this glitter is going to speak volumes there's nothing to be feared here the bright colors are here i'm not getting on stage if I got on stage in a black hoodie and black jogging bottoms and talked about how I have mental health conditions, that's going to be a very different visual cue <laughs> to me getting on stage with glitter and bright makeup and a big smile um, and a uh, kitsch um, slogan t-shirt that says babes empower babes or uh, what's the other one? Oh, bra- uh, brains in the new tits is one that I bought <laughs> recently. And um, I think when you saw me perform, I was wearing a t-shirt that said strong female lead. Yeah. I've got this like this I know it's literally wearing a message on my chest and saying this is me this is me talking about oh I've got mental health conditions and I've been sectioned is not the only thing that defines me look at all these other things that we're constantly distracting and deflecting and having fun with they they, I love that as part of the creativity that's part of the art it's part of the theater of comedy not every comedian does that not every comedian comes from that place but for me, I love playing with all of those different aspects of who I can be on stage. I have played with getting on stage with no makeup and um, less of a, a showy outfit. Yeah. Um, that's not, it doesn't work for me. I have so much energy. I have so too, a lot. My, my friends will tell you I have too much energy. The guys I've been on dates with recently will tell you I have so much energy. Some of them can handle it. Some of them can't. If I'm on stage, that energy needs to be very specifically harnessed and channeled. And it's my favorite place because I've, I've learned how to, I think, hopefully do it reasonably well. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say all every single time it's a complete 10 out of 10 hit, but you know, it's a, it's, the likelihood is is better better and better all the time. Well, I mean, sellout runs at Edinburgh, um, award and award nominations. I mean, award winning. <laughs> I've won. I've said awards I've, and yeah. award nominations. Yeah, sure, sure. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that was my inner my inner child came out there and was like, oh, please don't forget that I did actually win some as well. Oh yes, sweetheart. We we know we know. Don't <laughs> calm down, ego. Um, yes, thank you. I have uh, all very, you know, very justified. Um, what does that mean to you, winning awards or being on, or being nominated for? <laughs> um, none of it means anything without a lovely audience to enjoy the show the next time. Yeah. What it means is um, a moment, uh, a moment of um, recognition, which is wonderful, yeah. um, and I can revisit those uh, moments, especially post-pandemic yes um i haven't been back to edinburgh since before the pandemic um i just can't afford it um even even selling out we as comedians i i lose money even if i sell out um i will lose money on all the costs the venue hire the marketing costs the travel costs the accommodation costs the um there's so many other 
myriad of costs um, as well as the fact that I'm taking time out of other work for a month to go to Edinburgh there's very few jobs that will allow you to do that Um, so you have to make those choices and things like uh, corporate gigs are not picking up post pandemic so normally pre-pandemic it would be a I'll speculate to accumulate situation of I'll go there I'll do this then I'll pick up corporate work that hasn't recovered um, because people aren't back in the offices so much and it, it there's lots of things lots of factors to consider um, the awards and, nom- and nominations the, the award wins the award <laughs> nominations the sellout shows the five star reviews they, they mean so much yeah. in terms of recognition for a moment. They also mean I can put them on my posters moving forward so no one can ever take that away from me yeah. or from the marketing of what it is that we're packaging yeah. and offering, which then ultimately is just energy going back into selling. It's all about selling an idea. So people see a poster and they see, oh, look, at there's that that newspaper gave five stars that newspaper gave um that website gave that particular pull quote um that particular year she won that award that particular year she was nominated for that award great that might give that person looking at that enough faith that they're likely to have a good time it's not guaranteed but they're likely to be rewarded for their risk of i'm going to spend 10 pounds five pounds whatever cost that ticket is uh to go to that show um they then have given have given me their time um, and they want to get the reward of having a great time and maybe learning something, laughing and learning. That would be great. That's up to me to then hopefully give them back everything. So it's, it's constant transaction, a cyclical transaction. Yes. So what does having award nominations or wins or five-star reviews, sellout runs, it means that that is a moment to so press, press pause in that circle of transaction say right how are we going to take that energy that moment and move it forward and push it into that inertia to keep that going again and have that conversation again or a different a new conversation to keep moving our dialogue around comedy mental health my my experience our collective experience on this planet forward and i would i guess some look some people would probably come on your podcast and talk about how they know how to do satire i don't know how to do satire um politics and i i I, everything is political but also everything's transcends beyond that as well yeah i don't know how to do satire i do know if some i guess some people think that what i'm talking about the way i'm talking about it might be the word spiritual might come to come to mind um i don't know if that's the right word because it puts people off um that particular word um if we're going to go with that word, then instead of a political comedian, I might be a spiritual comedian. I love the fact that comedy points out the absurdities of just being a human. Being a human so... Am I allowed to swear, Mark? Yeah. It's so fucking bizarre. It's so fucking weird being in this body <laughs> and having to put energy in the form of K-Cal into my body and then expend that and putting energy into the form of my body in terms of light and in terms of... Um, learning and this appetite I mentioned I've got an appetite for energy I give a lot of energy I get a lot of energy I'm very sensitive to energy and all of that just confuses me beyond beyond so any any way that I can harness it and and give myself space between to to play and vibrate and reverberate and uh and be silly. I mean, ha- having having a laugh, having a laugh, literally, is this beautiful vibration in your own body, in your your solar plexus kind of area. Your your diaphragm is going to make some beautiful vibrations, mas- massaging us from the inside. It's going to be soothing. It's going to be fun. It's going to be this collective church like experience where everybody's laughing in a room, and we're breaking down hopefully some big bad bosses in society or in ourselves. It's the beautiful, most wonderful collective uh consciousness experience that i think i anyone can have yeah and when it goes well when it when it goes horribly <laughs> and i die on stage uh then it it can feel horrific but it's still better than not doing it yeah it's interesting i mean seeing you there talking about when it goes well and you lean back a little bit and your eyes close there's a smile you're, you're like you're revisiting that moment 
what is that feeling when it doesn't go well? What does that look like? Um, it used to be all consuming and like I never wanted anybody to see me ever again and like I'd lost my purpose. Um, I now understand it to be something different. That Back then, that was before I'd done a lot of work on myself. Um, now it's more likely to go well than less well. Mm -hmm. I'm better at understanding my internal world, my internal responses to that. So my inner critic used to be uh, huge. I now understand that she was only ever born out of a need to protect. So I was trying to protect myself from an early age. Um, so she ga gained power um, in that pursuit. But she actually would much rather um, be a good a good part of my inner parent. So whenever she rears, rears her head and starts being super critical, hypercritical of me, um, I now have a better understanding of her and a way to rechannel her internally to be like, well, we can learn from this. Yeah. We can waste so much time in life just beating ourselves up for fucking up, but you can't learn without fucking up. So if I fuck up on, on stage, it's never a proper failure. It's never a proper fuck up. It's never a beat yourself around the head with it because I did that for years, beating myself up for any time things, things went wrong. Yeah. I just wasted time doing that. That's another way of being, of, excuse, of, um, of keeping yourself safe is just staying stuck. I'm done with that now. I've got so much more to do and so much more to consume and to give. Um, I I now, if I fuck up, it's a beautiful gift because I, I, I can learn from it if I do the proper work on myself. Yeah. Um, so, for example, I, there was a recent gig where, um, which, which shall remain dateless and nameless <laughs> and locationless in this conversation. However, I do remember having that feeling of, that could have gone better. Great. What can I learn from that experience? Let's come off stage and go, right, what hadn't I done in advance of it? What would I do if I could do it again? What were the visual cues that I was giving that perhaps I would adjust? How could I better prepare? Um, and how could I better handle it on stage? Um, and all of those things I, I've done, which means that I have more information to move forward and uh, tackle the next opportunity with more information, and information is, is power. Yeah. You mentioned um, you're not a, a satirist, we know. I, I might not say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bill myself as a political comedian. I'm not yeah. Nish Kumar. <laughs> I'm not going on stage and saying, right, I'm here to attack this particular... That's where I was going, yeah. But I do have a lot of material that will that does attack um, the imbalances, the the fact that we don't have enough funding for mental health services, the fact that we need reform, we need change. I absolutely call for reform. Yeah. I just hope that the way that I do it doesn't make any one individual or one part of society uh, to blame. Okay. Um, because I think there's a lot of segregation, a lot of separation, and I think that we've lost the ability to healthily and respectfully hold space for different tribes. Um, and the tribal attitude of, I belong with this group, to the segregation, the separation, the alienation of this other group, that that is something that concerns me. Because while I think there's a lot of fun to be had... A lot of a lot of fun in comedy to be had with making. I mean, look, let me cards on the table. I'm very clearly not right wing, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know people who are, and those people are not bad or evil or wrong. They just have chosen to vote in a different way to me, right. and if I want to have a discourse with them, I would rather hold space to. Uh, ensure that they're not going to run away from that opportunity um, it doesn't mean that we have to uh, hide from the uh, failures of the system that is currently in place and let's, there's so much systemic failure, there's so much systemic um, racism so much systemic um, segregation, um, ableism sexism, um, all the isms there's a lot of people who would say that those things are the way they are and they they can stay as they are um i would disagree with that 
I think we can move forward. But I also believe passionately that no matter where in this particular lifetime, in this particular world, you have been born into a particular place, in a particular body. The fact that my face is symmetrical um, is a happenstance of DNA. It's nothing to do with me, the effort I've put into. I didn't put effort into my bones <laughs> growing in this particular way. They just have. Um, I can put effort into shaping my mind and molding my experiences and what influenced me. Um, I had no particular say in what family I was born into, in what location, what country. Um, but I can shape consciously with intention where I devote my time now, where I spend my time, where I want to meet you. We've met today in this particular location, which I suggested because I really like the people who um, who uh, run this establishment. So I was like, right, I know this is good energy here. We're going to have an opportunity for a safe space to chat um, and we won't be disturbed. And lo and behold, hopefully we haven't. Um, but... I guess the point I'm trying to say is, whilst I wouldn't say that I'm a political comedian, I do have political beliefs. Yeah. Um, that, is, that isn't the most overarching message I'd want to give on stage or in my life. We are human. Being human is absurd, no matter which way you vote. Um, we all have absurdities that we face and difficulties we face emotionally, philosophically, mentally, financially for some of us, not for others. That's a problem that can divide but i want to find the thing that unites yeah. and if there's ways that i can focus on what unites the most far right-wing person in my audience and the most far left-wing person in my audience i would rather find those few beautiful moments yeah. without um betraying where i think comedy and my own my own personal comedy can push us politically and societally yeah. i would rather find also some way of you yeah finding the common humanity beyond that which transcends because comedy can transform people's yeah you can leave a show if i when i start trying to write my uh, hour-long shows mm -hmm. i usually talk, i start with a ridiculously ambitious topic um which most people that i work with my agent included will be like Okay, you sure you want to try the tackle it? Like, yes, I do. I really want to. Um, I'll start with a big topic. Yeah. And then like, the, the main thing that I'll start with is how do I want people to feel when they leave? What do I want them to be thinking? What do I want them to be feeling? But it's got to be the feeling more than anything. Yeah. Um, and from there we start creating yeah. it. I like that. And I, I've said before on this podcast and to comedians, I never remember the content specifically of shows because I go to see a lot of shows sometimes they blur into one <laughs> but I remember the way they, they made me feel when I walk out when I leave and I get the feeling for the show and I kind of think the message kind of gets in there subliminally <laughs> but I come away with a positive feeling and a charge and it's interesting that you you mentioned it kind of in that way there yeah absolutely no you you do you are electrified by the person on stage yes um if if a person is making you laugh it's the quickest way to change your perspective on something mm. um and whether that's a setup to a political gag that gives you the gift of an easy in a, an opening a soft opening into a new perspective a new understanding a new way of explaining something to somebody if you were already with with the comedian as in you already agreed with the point they're making but they are giving you a new way of communicating a point that you were trying to understand within yourself yes. that's that's such a a joyous gift to give or you might come away with an understanding of something that you never uh, you'd never experienced before perhaps that might be more likely in my shows because my experiences have been a bit less common yes. you know not everyone's been sectioned under the mental health act not everyone's uh experienced hallucinations not everyone's experienced um the diagnoses or medications or the stigma um that's great i what i find fascinating though is that that's not the only thing i talk about and yeah. what i had a gig on wednesday where i was emceeing and yeah yeah i absolutely did the mental health stuff um in there but i also did a bunch of stuff about my recent hinge dates and it's great because as long as they know the bedrock of the foundation of my mental health history then yeah. great boom we're off with it I'm able to joke around about 
these guys that I'm meeting, their responses to my history, their responses to me as a as who I am. Um, I mean, I'm just a big ball of energy, and um, I think on my Hinge profile at the moment, I've got something about how I'm like Rogue from the X Men. Um, dating me is like dating Rogue from the X Men, um, the 1990s comics and uh, kids TV version, um, because I've got. Uh, a great set of friends and a banging theme tune, um, a dark past and uh, a lot of energy and a lot of excitement. And then it's also a gift to the hot nerds out there to know that I might just drain all your energy, absorb your memories and then leave you in a coma. But that's that's only for the hot nerds who understand. Fair enough. Okay, no, I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned about... Um pandemic what was your pandemic experience in terms of comedy and not being able to perform did you what were your zoom appearances like that sort of thing uh, not just zoom webex teams um twitch um yeah the pandemic was absolutely gut-wrenching um it was it involved a lot of loss a lot of loss um i was in the middle of my second uk national tour that was arts council funded um it took a very long lead time um it took years to get that show written funded funded to be written by the arts council written previewed performed at edinburgh fringe festival we were already booking the tour well before the fringe yeah um the funding for the tour um the marketing for the tour mm-hmm. and then for my third date of the tour um first lockdown happened yeah. and it was um there, we we all lost a lot, and there was a lot of grief. Um, my pandemic uh, involved the loss of that tour. Um, we repurposed the money that for the tour into creating uh, video content that then we we still have. I still think is beautiful work. Um, I did a lot of Zoom gigs. Uh, I worked with Next Up Comedy, um, doing some uh, monthly shows on a Twitch. Um, I then started trying to go in, I said earlier on, before we started recording, do or do not, there is no try, said Yoda. So I just caught myself saying, <laughs> and th- with consciousness, I tried to do Twitch. I came up against my own challenges with technology. Right. Um, other comedians I know were trying so hard to help me and guide me. Um, Suze Kempner, big shout out. She's incredible. I love her so much. Um, she mastered um, Twitch. She mastered um, green screen. I invested in green screen. I tried doing Twitch. I got a lot of trolls. Um, and I I was also going through a difficult time with a relationship that was breaking down. Um, we were in a very small uh, flat with um, a third person. It really wasn't big enough for two people, let alone three. There was so much uncertainty, so much instability, um, insecurity within myself. I was constantly chasing that mirror self um, through social media, through um, these online um, shows that I was trying to do, constantly trying to search for my purpose, search for my audience, search for validation that actually was all stemming from unmet childhood needs that I needed to meet in myself. Um, and my relationship breaking down during that time also um, meant that my I didn't... I was very confused and which direction to turn um where to put my energies who to put my energies to um as well as hang on where where's my income coming from i don't know i don't know where my future's going um when i say it was heartbreaking i really mean it um i lost that relationship um and the gift of it is that sometimes we need a forest fire to have any real real regrowth. And I came off social media um, after the end of that relationship. I uh, decided to not continue doing, for the moment, Twitch uh, streams. Uh, I loved doing online virtual gigs with Zoom. A lot of my shows have multimedia elements, so being able to screen share, keep that energy going so it's not just me talking to you like it's TV. Um, I loved the fact that with my acting background, I understood the difference between performing to camera versus performing on stage. Um, And I used that knowledge and expertise to do mental health training during that time as well for groups, um, as well as doing the um, online gigs. Um, But then there came that point where people were Zoom fatigued out. So I lost that income because it was constantly stop starting of are we, aren't we, are we, aren't we? And always at the behest of what's the appetite? What's the demand? 
at the same time as hearing my friends say how boring it was being on furlough and I was thinking I would love 80% of my income from before the pandemic please thank you very much and it took me 10 years of my life of prioritizing this freelance unstable uh, income and lifestyle I prioritized that above everything else because I believed that it was worth the high risk because it's high reward every time and it's what I was born to do I believe to have that reflected in the government lack of funding again for the arts generally and comedy particularly was like the whole the whole of society seemed to be screaming you don't matter your choices the arts do not matter we don't value you and i kept thinking where's my value a lot of my journaling a lot of my writing a lot of my um, own internal work was where do i place value in my life in myself in others yeah. i did a lot of work on myself in the last year um very deep I might have been in therapy for 23 years but I had not done half as hard work as I have done in the last year I've done a lot of reading I've swallowed about 20 different textbooks I then regurgitated them all and was I basically did not have a personality for a good six to nine months of my life in the last year that personality has been coming back since about April or May this year Um, I've started learning how to have fun again uh, poke fun at myself find my ego point that out again i'm having i'm having a lot more fun now so to answer the question how was the pandemic it was brutal um awful uh but transformative and i'm excited to what it's going to lead to next because i'm not ruling anything out just because twitch didn't work back then doesn't mean it doesn't work now however i do see other avenues opening up now that I'm excited by, that I think I have more energy, (laughs) even more energy, but now to, with more tools and more self-assurance to not only explore those options, but really galvanize others Mm -hmm. and charge down those, those options when I actually decide this is where I'm going. This is the right, the right avenue to go down. Nothing's going to stop me anymore. What is next? We've seen Juliet, the comedian, seen Juliet, the writer, seen Juliet the ambassador uh, Juliet the actor what's next for Juliet? Well this week I'm working at a market stall if anyone wants to come <laughs> and buy from stuff from me on a market um, I I mean you made it sound very glamorous Juliet the writer, Juliet the comedian, Juliet the ambassador um, my life is not like that I, I, I work at a market stall to pay my rent I, um, I'm going to be doing hospitality work um, I, I, I have day jobs that are that are grounding and they will teach me a lot i just want to make that very clear that it's it's not all high glamour the most important thing for me is all of those have to uh leave space hold space be secure enough to give me space to always pursue those other those uh, what what i actually am authentically here to do comedy writing acting for me at the moment it's it's comedy high-end writing high 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 priorities um I'm still doing mental health training as well, um, constantly writing. I've got a couple of projects that I'm putting forward. Um, I've got the show No Brainer that's going to be at the Nottingham Comedy Festival. Um, it will be a couple of other festivals. Um, I'm, I'm going to be emceeing, sing, doing gigs around the country, um, constantly ch- um, writing the new material for those gigs. But at the same time, I've got uh, I've got other bigger projects. Not I say bigger projects. I've got the culmination of. Um, work coming together so there's a podcast with hat trick productions that's coming out as well um called not so lonely planet which i'm very excited by we started recording that in november 2020 and i love it so much it's so great it's it's the idea is that um it's an exploration into how uh, connected we are on this planet so each episode i um meet a different nerd a different person who has an absolute passion for a specific thing because my thing's comedy um but i'm also a nerd i'm a complete and utter fucking nerd um and i love meeting people who have that life-affirming passion that makes them want to get out of bed every morning and because they are so passionate they found this this thing that makes them want to be a human makes them want to live and that energy is burning bright within them and it galvanizes those around them just like i've been talking to you about comedy for me and what it's like being on stage so each episode i meet one of these beautiful little nerds (laughs) and we explore whatever thing it is that they're nerding out about they infuse me with that by the end of the episode they then recommend um, another nerd that has infused them about a completely different subject yeah. and so it's this kind of um, 
weird conga line or like a pinball machine of like being bouncing around from one person to the next to the next to the next and it's exploration it's a travel show but it's traveling into nerdery and fandom and geekery so from anything from like knife making through to um cheese through to um uh gods uh, we've got people who are, are about um cemeteries um we've got somebody who is geeking out to us about uh history of london we've got nerdery about um oh how many other things i'm trying to remember there's so many oh cricket indoor social cricket i hate sport that was an interesting (laughs) one um but it's all this kind of lovely open-minded exploration into look maybe we can't travel around the world as easily as we used to um or maybe some of us never would find it easy financially to travel around the world but we can still travel we can still explore we can still consume with our voracious appetites i need to learn i need to grow i need to expand and enthuse and find that life-affirming passion to make getting out of bed worthwhile and so we've got that uh we've i've got a book proposal that i'm hoping um has is going to infuse and uh, impassion um, and galvanize the uh, publishers who hopefully might buy it. Um, and that's all uh, connected to um, women's agency, um, uh, goddess culture and mental health. Um, so exploring, well, I'm, I won't say more about that because it's still in development, but um, but I, I hope you can tell how yeah. my smile has suddenly <laughs> yeah. gotten really beaming. I get very excited when I think about it. So um yeah, and um, I I'm gonna be exploring a bunch of in a bunch of fun things to continue creating. And I'm probably gonna read a comic book later tonight. Probably gonna um, buy a bunch more comic books. I'm going to Com- Comic Con. I'll probably be posting pictures of me in cosplay there. <laughs> I have my rogue cosplay ready. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, come to my shows. Uh, no brainer is going to be, uh, as I said, on a bunch of different uh, festivals uh, and. Yes. We've got the Nottingham Festival, that's on the 11th of 11. The 11th of 11. Mm-hmm. 1 1 1 1. All the ones. And anyone who's into numerology will know that means that my show will be on the 11th of November <laughs> 2022. <laughs> that's what that means. Where can we find out about all your projects? Where can we find out about information about you and what you're doing? Well, there's my website as a kind of baseline, julietburton.co.uk. That's J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E-B-U-R-T-O-N. You can find me on Twitter, Juliet Burton. I'm rarely, I'm not on there half as much as I used to be. Um, on Instagram, I'm a bit more frequent, um, Juliet underscore Burton. Uh, and on Facebook, I'm Juliet Burton, writer, performer. Um, I try to manage my time on social media a little bit more uh, boundaried now. But yeah, you can contact me via all of those or you can uh, contact me via the details on my website um, but please go via my agent because um, yeah there's some healthy boundaries to be had <laughs> you can also support me on Patreon and I would strongly recommend that you do because we have a beautiful little community there and they are so lovely you get to see behind the scenes footage I um, I post uh, lots of um, hidden things of like the podcasts and stuff that I'm doing and uh, behind the scenes pictures. Um, we do regular Zoom catch-ups and um, online games together. Um, and some of my patrons have even come to my birthday party recently um, <laughs> with my invitation. Like I invited them, they didn't just show up. Um, and yeah, it's a proper little family there. So do do find me Patreon. Um, just search Juliet Burton, um, J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E-B-U-R-T-O-N. Um, so finally, my last question as always, what to you is comedy in a nutshell? comedy in a nutshell comedy is the truth wrapped in a lie would you like to expand i'm always expanding uh i have expanded and contracted more times in the british empire um and i just like the british empire and still working through a lot of shame and guilt (laughs) but no comedy comedy is um the truth wrapped in a lie because firstly that when i was studying it at the national film and television school at my a uh, wonderful tutor, um, Bill Dare, said that line. And I was like, that's exactly it. It's, um, it's a way of sneakily telling people the truth, much like the fool in Shakespeare. Um, the noble fool um, is my persona on stage, I probably hope, I hope to believe. Or like some sort of... My persona on stage you asked about earlier, but maybe noble fool mixed with over-enthusiastic supply teacher mixed with Bowie. Um some like mixed with some sort of manic pixie dream girl i'm not sure but um sneaking in the truth to uh in a in a way that is um 
is socially acceptable because of the laughter. Um, the lie is just the uh, the construct within which there's there's the nugget of truth, um, and it's the most beautiful gift to give and receive um, in that conversation with an audience. Beautifully put. Juliet, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Thanks for listening to me ramble on with all those truths. (laughs) 